But first this hour to the site of high emotion right now, to Israel, as hostages emerge from seven weeks of Hamas captivity, and to the West Bank, where a group of women and teenagers are emerging from Israeli prisons as part of a deal swap. A tranche of 13 Israeli women and children stepped back onto home soil a few hours ago, and they're just emerging now. You can see the trucks emerging uh, as they emerge from uh, the Negev uh, army base, air base where they were, going to a Tel Aviv hospital to be assessed. And there are another 11 people, mainly Thais, who were also captured during the October the 7th atrocities. Around 220 remain in Hamas hands. A group of 39 Palestinians were transported to their homes in the West Bank, all this happening amidst a tense and temporary ceasefire, accompanied by dozens of big trucks filled with aid pouring into Gaza from Egypt. That's an incredible sight if you happen to have turned on the television. I'd like to welcome now an Australian resident who's a Jerusalem uh, Australian who is an, a Jerusalem resident now and keen observer of her community to give us a sense of unfolding events. Iris Mackler used to report for ABC News, including as a foreign correspondent in Russia, and I do thank her for staying up so late to be with us. Uh, welcome, Iris. Thank you, Geraldine. It's always a pleasure. Look, you are living amidst a great deal of drama at the moment. Can you sketch the range of reactions inside Israel, please, as these first hostages are released? You know, it's been such a dark time here. In all my years reporting here, Geraldine, I think this is the darkest time, starting on October the 7th and going forward till now, 49 days later. Uh, So I think this was just a chink of light. There was so much um, elation. There was so much doubt about whether they would come out, what kind of state they would be in. It's not the whole of the um, all the hostages. It's not even all the 50 of this first tranche of hostages in this deal um, that has been set up. So just the sight of them, their elated families, people came to the square to see um, what's now known as Hostage Plaza in Tel Aviv, just around from where I'm sitting right now to talk to you. So all these people came to be with them, to see the the footage of the first steps and coming out. So all of that was incredibly emotional. I think there's all these circles, you know, Mm. because there's um, one politician wrote um, on Twitter, he said, we were waiting with bated breath. And I think that's true. People were waiting with bated breath. Families, um, people who didn't know them, ordinary Israelis. I was walking um, out. I've been reporting all night and I was walking out and one of the guys who's working there is an Arab Israeli, and he said to me what a great thing it was, and soon all the rest will come home. So I think there's just been a national, a moment of joy in this very, very bleak period. And yet uh, it must be bittersweet because there are 220 or so still in captivity, um, and we just don't know how that's going to go in terms of, I think, you know, there are a couple of sort of plans uh, for every 10 release there'll be a, a, a further day's pause in in uh, the fighting. Are people in favour of this? Uh There's mixed reactions to that. People want to see these hostages back. They feel that it's um, a dereliction of duty, a complete failure of the Israeli government and the Israeli military to have allowed this um, this this brutal experience for these people and the fact that they were taken hostage to live under the ground for 49 days while a war rages above them. 
So, yes, there's definitely a feeling. I don't think you'd find an Israeli person who says they shouldn't be returned. The question of the price that Israel has to pay um, is something that different people have different opinions on. I know that even within the cabinet, there was a discussion about whether they should wait with this and just continue their war with Hamas. That was definitely one view. I know that um, there was one faction within the cabinet thought that. And the military, I know, thinks that they must go back to this to complete this task of um, of removing the Hamas infrastructure, as they call it, from the Gaza Strip. So there are two views, and what price you pay, and should every prisoner in Israel's prisons, including people who um, are responsible for attacks against Israeli civilians, should they all be released? I heard the father of one soldier who was taken captive saying he doesn't think that any price, that his son's freedom should be brought at that price. Quite extraordinary to hear him say it. But he said that the people who were the architects of this attack on October the 7th were released in the Gilad Shalit deal. You remember that deal mm. for that one Israeli soldier and the thousand Palestinian prisoners who were um, returned to Gaza and, and other places as well, the West Bank and some of them went over, um, overseas. So he was saying, I, I can't in all conscience allow my son to be traded for, for people who would just do this all over again. So there's lots of views, but I do know that the majority of the parents, um, the families of these of these people who are being held hostage would pay any price to see them again. Yeah, and of course, uh, I wonder how much the debate is around the fact that this hostage taking mustn't be allowed to succeed because it would then be used as a technique uh, for, by other uh, groups around the world. So there's there's there is quite a lot at stake beyond the families, isn't there? That's right. It's a, it's a whole ideological question of who you release, whether you should release them. You know, um, that, whole, that old line, you don't negotiate with terrorists. Well, that's what Israel calls Hamas, and that's just what it's doing, negotiating with the group who called the terrorist group. So it's a very complicated issue, and it's very fraught. And that's why there really was this moment of joy, because no matter what the price, when you see these little children coming out of captivity. Um, there's a Jewish expression that the Prime Minister used tonight. You know, when you save one life, you save a whole world. That's what uh, Benjamin Netanyahu said about this hostage deal. And I think that basically summarises the feelings of everyone looking at those tiny, tiny children now, coming out of um, Hamas captivity. Did Israelis see the Palestinians being released, the women and teenagers who'd been detained for various um, offences or transgressions? Um, did they see them? Because there was a lot of excitement in the West Bank as they were released as well. Yes, there was a lot of excitement and it's been, you know, it's definitely been in the Israeli media, I saw it, um, tonight. I don't think they would view it as the same thing because these people were taken uh, from their beds. They say that the Palestinian women and children were tried in a court of law. Uh, Palestinian women and teenagers were tried in a court of law. No one who was returned to the Palestinian territories today was three years old or nine years old. Um, so I think they do view it differently. It was very interesting to see the joy in the West Bank because um, there were lots and lots of Hamas flags. So, you know, if the aim of this um, Israeli military action is to destroy Hamas as an idea, 
I don't think it's succeeding. You know, well, I you think that's morphing from what I it, it seems to be morphing into de- to to degrade Hamas's military capacity rather than they're not talking so much these days. At least I don't hear that. You can tell me I'm I'm wrong about destroying the idea. No, I agree with you, but I'm exactly. Um, they it is a talking about Hamas's military military capacity in Gaza, mm-hmm. um, and. I think that that's a conscious change because the idea of Hamas is much more complicated. The idea of Islamism, you know, Islamism is um, as a, as opposed to Islam, but Islamism, this extremist view, is not. It's not just in in um, Gaza. No, uh, look, I just one little thing. I wonder. One of the reports I heard on BBC News said uh, the hostages who were released will be asked for inf- whatever they have seen about the nature of the tunnels and and the Hamas organisation. And I thought, gee, that could be dangerous for the remaining hostages. You know, I d- I don't know whether you've heard any discussion about this in terms of making sure that the remaining hostages are alive. Kept alive. It's a very complex issue. Kept alive. You know, it's it's everything to do with these uh, the the conditions of these people is very fraught, including the fact that um, Islamic Jihad, which holds another militant group, which holds about fifty of the hostages, we're told, they put out a video of one of the women who was released tonight, and they said actually um, that she died in an Israeli airstrike, just showing you how much they're bargaining chips, I think, um, how much the militant groups view the hostages as bargaining chips. And here she is coming out this evening. Yeah. Did, so did Hamas put out anything, by the way, when they were releasing? Did they put out any pictures? Yes, they put out a video uh, of themselves, um, Kalashnikovs in their hands, green Hamas scarves, their faces obscured, uh, and um, I mean wearing a balaclava, I don't mean to show their faces, Uh, and they were helping the uh, hostages that they were releasing into the hands of the Red Cross and making a big show of putting their arms around them as they helped them onto the bus. And I was with um, some Israeli journalists, and they were quite. They found it very confronting. They felt it like, like it was just a Hamas video. And what I saw was that um, the the nine year old boy who's, who you know, was in that bear hug, he looked very frightened, and his mother looked terrified. And there was one older woman. You know, there were five women over seventy. One was eighty five years old. One of them, you know, they were trying to put their arms around her, and she wouldn't have any of it. You know, she wouldn't have a bar of it. She didn't say shalom like the the lady a while ago. All right, Iris, look, thank you very much indeed and uh, uh, take care of yourself. Thank you so much. Bye, Geraldine. Iris Mackler, um, uh, an Australian journalist based in Jerusalem. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.